Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Living La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. Today's featured audio is Mike and Deanna Muscle. We'll be right back. Wouldn't you love to find a nut that is low in carbs, high in fat, and perfect as a healthy ketogenic snack? Well, look no further than Peely Nuts. That's spelled P-I-L-I. Go to eatpeelynuts.com and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 10% off of your order of these one-of-a-kind keto nuts. Peely Nuts are higher in fat than any other nut out there with a whopping 23 grams of total fat. And they have the fewest carbohydrates at just one gram per one-ounce serving. Plus, these delicious nuts are loaded with a full array of vitamins and micronutrients nutrients, including vitamin E, magnesium, potassium, manganese, calcium, phosphorus, and more because of the mineral-rich volcanic soil that they're harvested from in the Philippines. If you've never tasted a Peely Nut, you'll be pleased to know that it's got a soft bite and a buttery flavor unlike any other nut you've ever put in your mouth. EatPeelyNuts.com is the original company to bring sprouted Peely Nuts to the United States and are also the first to offer them sprouted in coconut oil for added healthy saturated fats. I absolutely love Peely Nuts and I think you will too. Try them for yourself by visiting eatpeelynuts.com and don't forget to use my special coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 10% off of your order. Give them a taste and you'll see there's no better nut than a Peely Nut. Are you looking for a quick keto meal that has not just a little bit of protein in it, but also all the electrolytes, vitamins, protein, fat, and more that will meet one-third of your daily needs? Then let me introduce you to Keto Chow. It's a quick and easy-to-mix shake that is designed to give you a complete ketogenic meal. You're able to customize the calories because you decide how much fat to add. Most people mix it with heavy whipping cream, but you can also use avocado oil, coconut cream, a little MCT oil, or any other fat of your choice. Keto Chow is designed specifically for people on the go to replace one to two meals in their day. It comes in eight flavors, including chocolate, vanilla, chocolate peanut butter, cookies and cream, strawberry, mocha, banana, and salted caramel in both individual meal samples as well as a large 21 meal bag. There's also a sample of all the things bundle that has one of each flavor plus a keto chow blender bottle to get you started. Head on over to jimmylovesketochow.com and use the coupon code LLVLC to get 10% off of your first order. JimmyLovesKetoChow.com Today's featured audio is from the 2018 Low Carb Cruise. Visit lowcarbcruiseinfo.com to learn more about the 2019 Low Carb Cruise, leaving out on May the 31st, 2019 as the 12th annual Low Carb Cruise to the Bahamas. We also have another Keto 101 cruise sailing out September 28th, 2019. Get full details at lowcarbcruiseinfo.com. All right. Well, uh, first of all, I want to thank Jimmy and the whole crew for putting this on for many, many years. Jimmy's asked us to be a part of this. And every year since 2006, we've been going to the Institute for Functional Medicine's annual international conference. And it always seemingly conflicts with this event. So we're not doing that event this year. We're here. So we're very excited and honored to be a part of this group. Uh, So let's dive into it. Disclaimers, we're not going to treat, cure, prevent any disease here. Uh, we do have some online courses and products and all that. That's how we monetize the content that we put out for you into the world. So as Jimmy said, you know, the benefit, the downside of going last is you have to think about it all week, unfortunately. Uh, but the good, the good thing about going last in a group like this is we were able to hear what a lot of the, the wonderful presentations uh, you know, talked about 
and kind of customize things so that you can hopefully learn something that you hopefully haven't heard yet today. So we're gonna talk about keto really beyond the macros and keto in context. Has anyone heard about that before? Kind of using carbs selectively, uh, using the ketogenic diet for sports specific applications, uh, inflammatory conditions, blood sugar regulation, fat loss and so forth, uh, but we're not anti-carb you know, um, in that regard. Uh, we're gonna talk about the gut health, circadian rhythms and all this fun stuff, right? Uh, let's see. For more information, I do. I published this book back in 2014. It's available online. Indiana has a lot of new courses. But uh, one of the big, let's just do a little Q and A, a little pop quiz. So, how do you make ketones? What's there's kind of three hormones, three factors that need to be in place for your body to make ketones. Anyone want to take a stab at one, two, or three of these different factors? Does, does blood glucose need to be high or low? Low. Low blood glucose. What about insulin? Low. Low insulin. Okay, there's another uh, hormone that starts with a G. Glucagon. Glucagon. Okay, so you can create this hormonal milieu through a low-carb, high-fat diet. Can you not? Yeah. Yes or yes. That's what a lot of you do. There's other ways, and this picture will give you a hint, that you can create this hormonal milieu. Exercise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exercise. We're going to talk about there's there's one other major factor, and there's an acronym. It's a three three letter acronym. Starts with a T, ends with an F. T F. What's that acronym? Time restricted feeding or intermittent fasting. That is another great strategy. Sorry, I'm hogging the microphone. No, please. <laughs> That's another great strategy to get your body more fat adapted, more keto adapted. Okay. So, we're going to talk about those strategies right now, and because Daryl's here, we wanted to make a quick video to show him that we're practicing his animal moves. This is uh, something that we did on the beach yesterday, a little workout. about that workout, I'll, I'll just ask you, do you think we're running sugar during that workout or fat? No, actually, mostly sugar. And I know you guys are like, well, why would you want to burn sugar? And so here's what's really unique about when you burn sugar for food. When you do short duration, high intensity, intense exercise, you deplete glycogen, okay? Guess what your body does when you deplete glycogen? It goes, hey, we need to refuel the, the fuel reserves. So we're gonna kick up fat burning, okay? So I know oftentimes we, we see messages, uh, there are shirts out there that say glucose or ketones are better than glucose and all that, which is fine, but sometimes you actually want to burn sugar. And so burning sugar in a short duration, high intensity, explosive workout, I know just looking at that, it looks like that wasn't very intense, but believe me, we were, Intense. It, it was very, very tiring. Uh, my legs are sore today, right? So that's this keto in context, carbs in context, okay? So what we want to encourage you guys, you know, obviously, I think a lot of you by now understand that you need to have a low-carb, high-fat diet. That's very important. But sometimes burning sugar is actually a good thing, okay? So explosive, short-duration, high-intensity workout depletes glycogen, depletes your blood sugar that causes your body in the post-workout window to burn more fat for fuel. Is that cool, yes or yes? Yes. Yes, all right. So, that's one of the many things we're gonna talk about today. Uh, you know, Deanna and I do some interesting things to stay healthy in the 21st century, and we replaced our alarm clock uh, with this gentleman right here. <laughs> and, uh, this is how we parent, okay? <laughs> when Nez acts up, we, we just tape her mouth shut. Wait, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so we're gonna talk about sleep disorder breathing. Who's heard of sleep disorder breathing, okay? 
it's on the spectrum. And when we hear about diabetes, there's pre-diabetes, there's insulin resistance. Diabetes is really a spectrum. It's not one disease. Sleep apnea is on the spectrum of sleep disorder breathing. And roughly 30% of American adults breathe through their mouth while they're sleeping and get insufficient deep sleep. You heard about hormones actually in the last lecture. Thyroid hormone, leptin, insulin. All these hormones become dysregulated when you're not properly getting enough sleep and when you're not sleeping or sorry, breathing properly while you're sleeping. So we're going to talk about that. Cynthia and I, again, like I said, we're kind of weird. When we go hiking, we actually let our dogs off leash. I know it sounds crazy. Uh, these are our dogs here, Rainy and Shasta. People actually get mad at us for that. All right, so, oh, oh, all right, pop quiz. Ketones are made in the, not bacon. <laughs> Deanna put this slide in there. Deanna. Ketones are made in your liver, okay? So you heard a lot in the last presentation about the liver for what? Thyroid hormone conversion, right? Your thyroid only produces about 7%, roughly, 7% T3. The rest of the hormone that's being released from your thyroid is T4. It needs to be converted in the periphery. So liver health is very, very important on low carb high fat diet, okay? Uh, what I recommend all my clients do when they get blood work is make sure they test their liver function tests, okay? LFTs, AST, ALT, and GGT. Often, for whatever reason, maybe Dr. Berry can explain, some doctors sometimes forget to run GGT, okay? It's a very, very important blood marker, especially if keto's not really working well for you, or you think you could, or you know you can lose a little bit more weight. You want to look at the liver enzymes. They're very, very important, okay? Uh, so here's the recipe. Here is the recipe. You already guessed it. I, I call it like the keto giggle just as an acronym, low glucose, Low insulin, high glucagon. Okay, uh, here's all these other factors. There, you know, alcohol, metformin. One of my, I don't, I don't like too many prescription drugs, but if there was one I had to choose, it would be metformin because it is very, very effective for a myriad of different reasons, including enhancing mitochondrial biogenesis. And believe it or not, metformin is very poorly absorbed. It's working on the gut, the gut hormones, the gut microbiome. So that's really important. Uh, what else we got going on here? All right. So, turn over to Deanna here. Um, we're going to talk about routines. Like I mentioned earlier, we talked about exercise, we talked about time-restricted feeding, and we talked about the low-carb, high-fat diet. Um, one routine that's very consistent and congruent with burning fat for fuel is honoring your circadian rhythms and getting exercise. So one of the things that Deanna does first thing in the morning is... Fasted cardio. <laughs> okay, so he, who here... Does fasted cardio. Okay. All right. Well, we're not here to say should. Okay, Meg? <laughs> but for those who are really wanting to shed the weight, I would say fasted cardio is probably the icing on the cake, as long along with resistance training, which we'll get into as well. So our whole point with this talk is to let you guys know that like movement is just as important as what you put in your mouth. Absolutely. Right? So I start every day, seven days a week, with a jog. But you don't have to jog. It doesn't have to be intense. You just got to get up, and you have to move. And Mike would agree, it's, it's almost psycho. Like my alarm, I don't even have an alarm clock anymore. A rooster gets me up. But I'm up at 5.15. Rain, shine, snow, hail, whatever. It's that important for my brain and body, and I'm out the door, no matter what it looks like. In Seattle, the weather gets pretty bad, you guys, okay? In the winter, it's dark and raining. I'm still out there. And it's creative thinking. You know, a healthy brain is fat-burning body, right? So you have to treat the whole body as a whole, right? The keto diet is, I hate that. I hate when people say that because really, this is a lifestyle, okay? So I don't necessarily track, I don't track macros, but I still burn ketones. Does that make sense? So I, I, I fat burn, I've tracked them. I'm burning ketones pretty much most of the time, but I would have to say it's probably because of my fasted cardio in the morning and resistance training. 
and eating seasonally locally, which we'll all fit into. So who here actually did fasted cardio on an outdoor track when it was windy? I see a lot of familiar faces. Same people out and about on that little track. So yeah, it's important. And again, it is just the best time to burn fat. Little caffeine, I'm a big fan of caffeine. Um, I'm not a fan of like a bulletproof in the morning if you want to shed the pounds. Just either black coffee or a little bit of like a pot creamer, which we have some props up here. And it's not quite fasted, but you know, nothing in it really. But yeah, that's all I do. And so it works. So if you're having trouble shedding the pounds, do the fasted cardio every single day. And, and weights, which we'll get into. So where's my little pointer here? Right here. So these fatty acids, right? They can come. So this is a representation of your liver making ketones, right? Remember the giggles, low glucose, low insulin, high glucagon, okay? Is that metabolic meal you needed to tell your body to make ketones and so forth. Uh, when Deanna's saying fasted cardio using caffeine, caffeine is a great stimulator of lipolysis, splitting up fats from your fat cells, and actually it is muscle sparing. So caffeine before you do a hard exercise, will preserve lean muscle mass and also make the mental perceived exertion not so challenging. Okay, so some people just, you know, they don't want to push themselves as hard or they have, their pain tolerance is different. Caffeine can help blunt that. So that's why having a little green tea, yerba mate, or coffee before you exercise can be a great thing. So as we mentioned, you can, you can get lean through a ketogenic diet. The fatty acids are coming from the diet, from the food. The other way to get those fatty acids to make ketones is by lipolyzing or splitting your own fat from your fat cells. And there's 5,000 people on this cruise ship. I haven't seen a single one that has a body fat deficiency. Is anyone else still waiting? I, I've only met a few people in my entire 35 years of being on planet Earth with a body fat deficiency. So as Deanna mentioned, she's not a fan of Bulletproof Coffee. I am for the brain benefits, okay? First thing in the morning, you know, I think using a bulletproof, so we have very different perspectives on things, which is great. So you're hearing two sides of the story. But, you know, I use, again, the bulletproof coffee in context. I like to do productive stuff first thing in the morning. I think it's when we're most creative. I like the bulletproof coffee for that reason. I'm not trying to use it for a, you know, to lose fat. You, you understand where that's coming from? All right. Now, if you do want to maximize fat loss, as Deanna said, you know, and unfortunately, I've been to the gym, I think, four or five times on this trip. The weight room is usually dead, and everyone's on the elliptical machine and the, and the treadmill, right? And so, because they've heard that when you do cardio, you're burning fat for fuel. And like I said, that's true. But remember about doing short duration, high intensity, explosive movements, you're burning sugar, which doesn't necessarily make you lose fat right then and there. It's in the post-workout window, okay? And when you combine aerobics with cart with a... Uh, Resistance training, weight training, explosive workouts, that's when you, you burn the most fat, lose the most fat mass, and maintain muscle. Okay? So we hear often that the brain loves fat. What's another tissue in your body that loves fat, to burn fat for fuel? Muscle. Yeah. I've never seen anyone lose weight thinking a lot, doing calculus. Have you guys? Still waiting. I'm still waiting for that person. But I've seen people lose weight by moving their muscles, okay? Because, you know, when, when you're more fat adapted, keto adapted, uh, what you actually do is increase the number of little fat burning machines within your muscle. You guys know the term for this, the mitochondria. Okay, so that's where exercise is medicine, as Daryl says in the back. Um, so combination, training is really good. Um, do you wanna talk about days of the week splitting? All right, yeah, so I would say, first and foremost, if I have limited time in a day and I had a choice between cardio and weights, absolutely 100% weightlifting, okay? Um, I'm a little older than Mike, so I've seen, I'm, I'm 42, and from my 30s to my 40s, just in that amount of time, um, I found that you, you know, have to work harder, okay, to stay lean, and, and there's just so many benefits to just lifting muscle in general. You know, so it protects your joints. It's fat burning 24 seven. Cardio is just for the amount of time. And it's just pretty much a healthier method to burn fat. 
Okay. So I would say like, I, I love lifting four to five days a week and Mike and I lift weights differently. He, he's probably a lot more intense than I am. Um, because of that, I find I have to lift more often. That makes sense. So Mike can get away with squatting like twice a week and I may have to throw in a third because I'm not squatting as heavy. All right. And I'm a big fan of circuiting with the weight training, like picking, for example, um, this is just what I do. I'm not telling you to do this, but I, I pick two muscle groups and I'll have that focus. I'm generally lifting for an hour and I will circuit in between the weights. And um, Stan Everting, you guys heard of him? He basically talks about how women burn more fat in between sets at the gym. So it's a great time to do like core work in between like set of weights or squats. Um, push-ups or to use other muscles that you're not focusing on like with resistance training. Does that make sense? So, okay, for example, if on Monday I pick back, are you laughing at me? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, if you pick like back and biceps, for example, right? So that'll be my focus. I'll pick like three different exercises, maybe 12 to 15 reps, for example, depending on my periodization schedule. And then in between, I'll do like jump jacks or work, okay? So the whole hour is pretty intense, but it's fun, you guys. So I'm not telling you that you have to get in the gym five days a week like I do for an hour, okay? That's not what I'm saying. Just find something that's playful and fun. Do challenge your muscles, okay, because that's important. But the more fun it is, the more sustainable it will be. So if you're... Going across things, you heard it's good for you, but you just hate it, and you just just don't do it, right? Do things that are fun. If Zumba is your thing, do Zumba, right? So I'm all about just time and efficiency. So I, I'm just a gym rat. I have a mile radius. Um, you know, some people say like time is money. Well, time for me is movement muscle, pretty much. That's how important movement and building muscle is that I found. Yeah, so a couple of things just to reinforce there. Uh, what I like to encourage people to do is find what gets you into a flow state, okay? For me, that's weightlifting. That might be going on the beach and doing explosive body weight type movements. That gets me to forget about all the other stuff going on in my life that's stressing me out. So whatever that gets you into that flow state is what you should do. Just because Deanna runs doesn't mean you should run. Just because Daryl does only body weight movements doesn't mean that's what you should do. So that's important. Exercise in context. Again, what gets you into the flow state? What is going to get you excited to go to the gym? Because remember, it, moving your muscles is, is part and parcel with the low-carb, high-fat diet. Yes or yes? You need to, this is part of it. This is part of it, friends. And there's a lot of carryover in your life. I, I would tell you, but when I was a young adolescent, I was skinny, lacked confidence. I trained my body and got stronger. And then I realized, wow, if I can change my body, what can I do to my mind? What can I do in my business? What can I do in other parts of your life? So that's the thing about, it's not about getting buff. It's not about getting a six pack. No one cares about a six pack. It's about, you know, the small little changes, getting that co consistent commitment and, and those congruent benefits has carryover into your business and into your life, into your relationship. So that to me is the most important thing. Okay. Uh, all right. So, moving on, I think we're doing okay on time, but one of the things that's very important, uh, even in the field of oncology, okay, is circadian rhythms, or circadian biology. Um, you know, when Deanna was talking about her, her morning routine, getting out, going for a jog, part of that is obviously, you know, just to clear her head a little bit, to get some movement, but there's a subtle hidden benefit there, and that's exposing your retinas, those are your, your eyes, okay, to sunlight, and that actually entrains your whole biological rhythm. Do you miss ketchup on your low-carb, high-fat, ketogenic lifestyle? Then let me introduce you to AlternaSweets, AlternaSweets.com, the healthy option for ketchup. It's sweetened with stevia and has the highest quality non-GMO ingredients. There are no artificial ingredients at all. In fact, there's no added sugar of any kind and keto ketchup that actually tastes like real ketchup. 
Guys, I have been using this and it is now my favorite condiment in my kitchen. Alterna Sweets offers free shipping on all U.S. orders and there is a 100% happiness guarantee. If you don't love it as much as Jimmy Moore does, they will refund your money and you don't even have to send it back. Again, it's called Alterna Sweets. Head on over to alternasweets.com and you can get your hands on this keto ketchup. Alterna Sweets. Yeah, getting healthier, trying to start. You heard all the Ketonians talk. Kiss my keto, high and fat. Oh, yeah, low carb. Check it out, so official. Nothing used that's artificial. Products full of electrolytes. Raise your ketones, get you right. Woo, everything on the label. Oh, yeah, 100%. What's listed is what you get from the foods to supplements. Healthy mix of all the fats, few carbs. I'm going to be real. And the new ketogenic bar. It's a meal that'll get you far. Yeah, kissmyketo.com. Use LLVLC for 20% off. $50 purchase or more on one order. Yeah. Okay, so you can take this. Let's say you take, uh, you want to do an end of one experiment with your ketone meter or your blood glucometer. Okay? Let's say you eat the same macros on one day, and then that night you, you uh, binge on Netflix, stay up late, you're on your iPhone, tablet, three in the morning, and then have the same macros the next day. Are they going to be the same or different? Completely different, okay? Insulin release, digestive hormone release, GI motility. That means that the, the action of your gut moving north to south with the things that you ingest. Uh, leptin release. You heard about thyroid hormone earlier. All these hormones oscillate on a circadian basis. And so, again, if keto is not working for you, if your blood sugar is a little out of whack and you're like, I'm doing everything right, you need to honor your body's circadian rhythm. So now we're going to kind of talk about that. And one of the routines that Deanna does, as she mentioned, is getting out first thing in the morning. That's probably the best thing that you can do, believe it or not, to get a good night's sleep. Wait, how does my morning routine affect my evening routine? It all has to do with your body's circadian clock system, okay? So that's why we have a rooster, okay? Because we get our phones out of our room. Who has their phone in their bedroom? Quite a few, yeah. Isn't it tempting to check in on Instagram? At one in the morning when you wake up to go to the bathroom or just to check your email that one last time, guess what that's doing to your sleep? It's a train wreck, okay? You heard earlier from the doctors in the room that were residents and they were staying up all night in the ER doing their rotations, what it did to their appetite and their food cravings. So there's a lot of research now coming out about circadian rhythm disruption and insulin resistance, circadian rhythm disruption and obesity, type two diabetes, heart disease. Um, I'm not gonna bore you with all the science here, but, and I'll tell you guys where you can get the slides after, but this is real stuff. Scientists have actually looked at the transcriptome, looked at genetic, uh, looked at the, we call it mRNA, so that's a, a, a function, a factor, a proxy of genetic transcriptions, genes being turned on or turned off. And there's a total, there's a huge swing in what genes are being turned on or turned off when you have disrupted circadian rhythms. If you don't believe me that this is a big deal, in the field of chemotherapy and oncology, they're dosing medicines based on people's chronotype, their signature of their biological rhythms. So this is very, very important. And again, why are we talking about this? Because in the low-carb keto community, what we hear oftentimes is you, all you have to do is eat less than 20 grams of carbs a day. That's it. All you need to know, right? We hear that all the time from people that got their degree on drgoogle.com. So I like to you know, <laughs> reinforce circadian rhythms and these other non-nutritional factors. So again, you don't have to totally change your lifestyle, but just keep in the back of your head that if things are not working, try to look at these other directions, okay? Uh, you know, since there's in the, in the interest of time, I'm not gonna go through all this stuff, but here's another benefit of, of getting some workout done first, in, first thing in the morning. Remember those little fat burning engines? within your muscle tissue called the mitochondria, it turns out that they're really active when you're sleeping, okay? So one little biohack, if you will, is to get up first thing in the morning when they're still active from a circadian rhythm basis and get outside and do some exercise. Okay, so that's what Anna does. That's what, you know, you can ask Robert, a time-tested you know, strategy or, or tactic in the bodybuilding world is fasted cardio first thing in the morning. Like every fitness competitor and bodybuilder on planet Earth that's ever you know, stepped on stage, they've done that. It works. It's time tested. So getting out, your body is in a fat burning state first thing in the morning, get out and move. This can be five minutes. This doesn't have to be one hour. Okay. Uh, a 
Another non-nutritional factor that can really improve your health, let's say you live in Minnesota, you live in Seattle, photobiomodulation. So this is something, I'll share with you the data uh, in a minute here, but this can be very powerful. So this is the Juve Light. Uh, Dan and I use this in the morning, okay? I would suggest a lot of you start to create routines if you don't have one, so that when you get up, everything is automated. You don't have to think. You just go outside, you do drink your coffee, you do whatever. So the photobiomodulation can be super, super powerful um, for in improving and strengthening your body's circadian rhythms and so forth. And I'll just show uh, a case study. This is actually my own blood work. To be honest, I was a little skeptical of this whole thing, this photobiomodulation. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll try it, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, did some labs back in February, and because the, the folks at, at the company, Juve, J-O-V-V, said, yeah, I can help with testosterone and cortisol and all this sort of stuff. So I'm like, all right, well, well, I'll test. So here's my testosterone. You can see, I think free is, is it eight? Totals 500 something, okay? Uh, less than 90 days of doing photobiomodulation, double my free testosterone and total testosterone. So this stuff is very, very powerful, okay? So you heard in the, I, I'm not, I don't have a thyroid problem, I'm not concerned about thyroid, but I'm sure it would also improve thyroid hormone as well because the thyroid gland is right here and you can just stick your neck out. So again, this is another biohacker tactic that we found with clients and ourselves to be very effective, the photobiomodulation. So just keep that in mind. Um, let's see. All right, so here's some other non-nutritional factors that can help you burn fat and keto adapt. And, we talked about uh, you know not looking at your phone, not having your phone in your bedroom, replacing the lights in your house. These, these are salt lamps. They're very inexpensive and affordable, folks. Who here has any salt lamps? Quite a few of you. Great, you're already doing a lot of this, which is lovely. So these are eight, nine dollars. You can buy these things. Not only do they, again, I don't know if I believe in all this stuff, but the negative ions and all that sort of stuff. So they might do all that, but we like them because it's a less harsh light. It's more of a orange light. It's not going to be as stimulatory. So we have these in our bedroom, in our house. We're turning off these you know, compact fluorescent lights. And if we do watch Netflix, which is not very often, it's usually educational, uh, we will wear like yeah, uh, blue light walking glasses and things like that. Like I know this looks weird and kind of Dave Asprey-like, like, come on, you're telling me to do all this weird stuff, but really, we now know better. And so this is actually a study back in 20, oh, super old YouTube video that I made. This is one of the first studies of its kind, showing that when people are on e-readers or iPhones before bed, it disrupts their sleep, it decreases melatonin, and it alters their body's circadian rhythms, friends. So this is being studied, okay? Get the phone out of your bedroom, please. It's gonna help you. Um, Yes, yeah, so the aura ring sleep tracking tools. Uh, one of the easiest ways to track your sleep, but again, it uses your phone, is sleep cycle. So that's a super easy way uh, to do that. The aura ring is great as well. But, um, you know, it, that's uh, the, the thing is, we just need to be more mindful about our routines. Again, diet's important, it's great, but all this stuff compounds and, and is additive. All right, so to quickly summarize, um, in the interest of time, I want to take a picture of the, of the summary. So first thing, I'll just very quickly go through it. First thing in the morning, you want to get some, some sunlight exposure. If you live in a northern part or a part of the world that doesn't allow that during, during the winter time, you can get some red light. So photobiomodulation can be great. Uh, you know, one, one thing that's not often talked about, but it's very interesting, is, is your meal timing impacts your body's circadian rhythms as well. So that's the thing about fasting that's kind of a catch-22, where we start... One day we eat, then another day we fast, and our body's going, wait, is it daylight or is it not? Because if, if you look at animals in nature, like we have chickens, Jimmy has chickens, I'm sure a lot of you do. First thing, they get out, they walk around, you know, get some water, and they start eating. So they eat during daylight hours, okay? So that's another thing just to keep in mind, you know, if you're trying to compress your feeding window, you're only eating once a day, and sometimes you're eating at 11 a.m., then 3 p.m., and then 6 and it's all over the place. And again, if things are not working, try to go back and be a little bit more consistent. Because when you're eating, it's just like getting sunlight on your eyes. You're training your body's biological clock. So uh, one of the things that we like to recommend to clients is like a two meal a day keto if you're not active, okay? So if you're like, you know what? I'm really busy. I'm a mother of four. I don't have time to do all this gym stuff. You know, we found with clients that the two meals a day is usually pretty good. Okay, we're gonna talk about why. We're gonna talk about the physiology of that in just a minute. Uh, if you're really active, you have a lot of muscle mass, you're on your feet all day, 
pre-meal day can be great for many, many people. So um, again, there's many different strategies. These are just kind of what we found, and we'll talk a little bit about alternate day fasting in just a minute. But the reason why we suggest not having six, seven meals a day, even if they're low carb high fat, a lot of clients come to us and say, yeah, I tried keto. I replaced my carbs with fat. So they're, they're coming from you know, the bodybuilding world where you eat every two to three hours, and they're wondering why they're gaining weight. And what's really interesting about fat is it's actually harder to break down and assimilate than carbohydrates and protein, okay? Which is one of the beneficial, that's why we like it, because it's satiating, right? But the downside is that if you're eating all the time, your gut, this is actually research showing your, the, the small cells that line your intestine called the enterocytes, it, they actually store lipids for up to 18 hours after a meal. Who's heard this information? When I started reading this, I was blown away. And Dan is going to share a story in just a minute, but this is really crazy stuff. So these are researchers that are radioisotoping, meaning they're adding a little molecular tag to dietary fats. They're having people eat a standardized meal, and then they're looking to see when that fat leaves the small intestine using a, a gastrointestinal tube. 18 hours, what is this? Or this one, sorry, 16 hours. Isn't that crazy when you think about it? So again, if you're wondering how you can improve things, we gotta compress that feeding window. Always having snacks, always having multiple meals back to back to back. You know, uh, like is this, this slide right here says, let's see, uh, we start to see you know, the rise in the, the lipids around four hours after a meal, okay? So it's a totally different paradigm if you're coming from the bodybuilding world or the fitness world where you know, you're eating every two or three hours, okay? So um, back in 2013, and, and this is actually known, friends, as the second meal effect. If you wanna nerd out and Google Scholar or PubMed, you can certainly do so, but this is the second meal effect. And this is the idea, it goes back to being consistent, okay? Um, the body's always trying to adapt. When you exercise, your body is getting stronger so they can adapt and be stronger for that next exercise, right? Uh, when you're fasting, you're training your body to burn more fat for fuel. When you're eating, your body's going, okay, what's next? How can we be more efficient for that next meal? And this is known as the second meal effect. And that's why I recommend people to be a little bit more consistent with their macros uh, because, for example, if you have a very low-carb, high-fat meal, okay, and then the two or three hours you have a very high-carb meal, the glucose response is going to be disproportionately higher because your body was thinking, hey, I thought you were eating fat, dude. What are you doing with all this carbohydrates, right? So it's, you're going to have exaggerated post-meal responses. So that's not to confuse you, but, but that's known as the second meal effect. So the take-home message, try to be a little bit consistent, right? And uh, if you're gonna carb cycle, which is great, do it on days where you're very active so your body's gonna utilize those right away, okay? So that's, uh, and then, so Deanna actually got way more excited about keto before I did in 2013. And uh, she, we didn't know this research. And so you wanna talk about your experience? My experience? Oh, it was awful, my first experience with keto. Um, yeah, 2013, I was just, I'm always just looking for the latest and greatest anti-aging thing or, you know, workout trick. And I came across a couple of podcasts and um, that's where I first learned about just like cutting carbs, et cetera. And I've always been actually looking low carb um, just by ease, eating seasonally and like locally. But I took it to the next level and uh, was like, I'm going to track my macros and stay below 30 or even 20 total. So I did so, and things were great at first. I felt great, life was good, and then suddenly, you know, the bowel issues, complete constipation, it was brutal. And then um, I found out I was losing strength. So I actually got pretty thin at the time, I believe. Yeah, and then um, it was hard because it became like, almost like a diet, which I'd never experienced before. Meaning, like, by the end of the day, when I was looking at my fitness pal, and it said I only had two carbs left, and I was like, Mike, I can't have a freaking purple onion. Don't put that purple onion in that, you know, in dinner, because it's going to go over my carbs, you know? And when it gets to that point, there's something wrong, you know? Because really, what it comes down to is, if you're not feeding your body with gut-friendly foods, and you're just focusing more on your macros... It doesn't matter what you're putting in your bowl, guys. 
If your gut's not healthy, you're not going to work that. You're not. So learning the hard way didn't work. Now I don't track my macros and I'm, I'm burning, I'm, I'm fat burning. I'm burning ketones when I do check, which isn't often, not as often as Mike. He's, he's all science, I'm all fluff, but I'm just saying, um, keep it real. You know, it doesn't have to be difficult. And something we haven't talked about yet too is that, um, you know, if you're eating like real food, which every speaker's talked about, right? Take, take this, just eat real food, okay? Um, bars and stuff and keto treats are fine. Don't rely on them. I can say that because I've got a, I make a mean, good keto cookie dough, guys. I sell it. So I love the sales, but honestly, don't live on it. It's just not, it's not healthy. You know, you got to stick to the real good stuff, but also like portion sizes, you know, we're not anti-carb in the summer. We have more berries. We grow raspberries. They're gorgeous. They're full of polyphenols. They're anti-inflammatory. And we'll just pick a few off the bushes. We're not buying a big container at the natural food mart. Okay. When we have nuts, you don't need to eat like a huge thing of nuts to get the benefits, nor berries, you guys. Think about the primal ancestors. They had to crack them open, right? You have to kind of think back, and that's really how we try to do things, is we try to think like, how did our primal ancestors live? What did they eat? It was seasonal. It was whatever they had around them. Did you guys notice whoever kind of went around or, or got off the boat and like around Mexico and Honduras, did you ask them what they ate, the locals? So a lot of the time they'll say, you know what, we just eat what's available, right? So anyway, you know, it's, we fight with it. I love coconut treats and fat bombs and all that kind of stuff. But what it comes down to is really, if you stay eating things that are local and real, your body is going to be in the flow state. And it's going to be in tune and it'll probably end up burning ketones with you, you know, the preferred energy source. It really will. So it doesn't have to be difficult. Awesome. Thank you. Um, you know, what I saw, you know, when Deanna was first into this is every two or three hours, she was having butter, then coconut oil, then MCT. And she was like, Oh, if this is really working. So that's why, you know, we generally recommend to people like a two or three meal a day keto, right? And just keep in mind that fats are harder to digest than carbs and protein. They take a little bit more time, which is great. We like that. But just space your meals out a little bit. Implement some aspect of time-restricted feeding or alternate day fasting. This, this is actually a paper from 2005. It's been known for a long time. But if people alternate day fast, and one strategy that I've, I've had a lot of success recommending is say, for example, um, Sunday night is your last meal, right? Maybe you have a meal at 7 p.m. You fast all day Monday and then eat again at 7 p.m. Then Tuesday would be normal eating. Wednesday, you know, you're doing the same thing. So you, you know, cut off your meal time Tuesday, 7 p.m. Fast all day Wednesday until 7 p.m. So you're getting that 24-hour fast in there. And again, that's going to create that hormonal metabolic environment, low glucose, low insulin, high glucagon that will get you more fat adapted. Um, so there's a lot of good research that's coming out about this, uh, time-restricted feeding, intermittent fasting. One easy strategy is just to eat when the sun is out. Very simple. Okay, and there's actually an app called Zero in the App Store that will help you do that. So you just set a timer. I mean, if you forget or whatever, I think it's nice to use the apps because then the emotional... Oh, I deserve this. Or I'm kind of hungry. But when you have the app there and you're like, oh man, I can't eat right now. It really helps with that feedback. So use the app zero. Uh, all right, let's talk about sleep. Get into one of the, the, the I, for me, have experimented and interviewed I don't know, 250 somewhat healthcare practitioners on the high intensity health channel, did webinars for years in the functional medicine space. Um, this tip, who, who's tried mouth taping? Jimmy has, awesome, just a few, oh, great, we have a lot of newbies in here. Okay, um, this can be one of the most important things that can move the needle in your life when it comes to improving blood sugar, affecting cravings, and becoming more fat adapted. So, so don't be a little spooked by this. This is Dr. Mark Rahena, the gentleman, he's a dentist, sleep specialist that taught this. He's been on your show, yeah. So uh, great, great stuff. And I, I had, we've had so many people on the internet, on Instagram, on YouTube that have tried it and said it's changed their life, okay? So the physiology of this is actually quite unique. This is a neurologist that explained the physiology to me, the physiology to me, Sasha Gomanek. It sounds kind of crazy, but um, here's the analogy that she used. If, you're, if, if your dishwasher was clogged, would you unclog it when the dishwasher's on? 
Probably not, you'd be crazy to do that, right? You're gonna turn the dishwasher, or, I'm sorry, the garbage disposal. I use the, so your garbage disposal is clogged. You're not gonna get, stick your hand in there when it's on. You're gonna wait till you turn it off, okay? So the body repairs itself in the same fashion, okay? So while you're sleeping and your body's repairing, growth hormone is increased, melatonin is increased, and so forth, your body temporarily paralyzes, paralyzes different organs, and tissues, and muscles, okay? And so when your mouth is hanging wide open, and your body's repairing different tissues and organs and soft tissues, as it's, it talks about in this slide right here, guess what? You create a mild hypoxic event when your mouth is open, okay? So that's why where mouth taping comes in, because by closing your mouth, it's forcing you to do what? Breathe through your nose. And unfortunately, so many, so many of us don't breathe through our nose because we weren't breastfed. We're exposed, we've had antibiotics, so we're more sensitive to foods. We have molds and, you know, this carpet probably has endocrine disrupting chemicals and so forth. So our noses become more susceptible and clogged. So this is just a, a hack, if you will, a very inexpensive, affordable, daily thing that can dramatically improve your blood sugar. Uh, and there's, there's a ton of research on this. As I mentioned, sleep apnea is diabetes, but pre-diabetes is analogous to sleep disorder breathing, okay? So start mouth taping, uh, tons of research here. I, you know, again, we don't really have to get into it. But um, when individuals are treated for sleep disorder breathing, their blood sugar, their insulin, their leptin improves. Okay, so this can be a very effective strategy. Again, mouth taping is key. We've heard a lot about uh, leptin. We've heard about thyroid hormone. I don't have much in this presentation, but I have a lot of videos on the internet. So leptin is a metabolic hormone that affects appetite and satiety, but it is also a very pro-inflammatory hormone as well. It affects the immune system. It can alter thyroid hormone conversion. It can trigger autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's and Graves and so forth. So leptin is as much an immune modulator as it is an appetite suppressant and so forth. Uh, it's a, what we call in medicine a pleiotropic hormone. It wears a lot of hats, okay? So you don't want your leptin levels to be off. That's why I'm explaining this to you. Um, I'll share with you guys how you can get these slides too in just, just one, one minute. Uh, one last thing, okay? This is sometimes, we okay for time, Jimmy? A couple more minutes, all right. So this was one reason why I was, and let me just back up. I've been keto hardcore for three years, okay? Um, but when I wrote a book, Belly Fat Effect, it was the basic premise, the hypothesis, was that prediabetes, diabetes, obesity is caused by endotoxemia, okay? Who's heard of sepsis before? A lot of doctors, many of you, great, okay? That can kill you, yes or yes? Sepsis, yes, absolutely. Well, a lot of us have low-grade sepsis, and we don't even know it. Who's heard of that? It's called metabolic endotoxemia, okay? And so that's like kind of the conundrum of butter on everything, including your coffee. And, and trust me, we brought three cans of ghee with us. We're not anti-butter, but it's just butter in context, and that's where the rosemary, the garlic, the onions come in. Because when we have liquid fats, okay, we create these things that you learned about on Monday? Oh, chylomicrons. Remember Dave's presentation, chylomicrons. That's how fats are absorbed. What turns out, gram-negative bacterial fragments called endotoxin, that's what kills you partially when you get sepsis, likes to coalesce or, or get in like a Trojan horse into these chylomicrons, okay? And it can get into your body. And again, we're not saying this to scare you. It's just keto in context. Understand that if you're going to have put butter on everything, you might want to increase the rosemary. You, you might want to increase some onions because the polyphenols in the rosemary, in the onions, in the garlic, in the curcumin helps to mitigate this, okay? And there's a lot of research that has that come out showing that even just high levels of a healthy oil like olive oil or coconut oil increases endotoxin, okay? So again, I don't, we're not trying to confuse you, but this is where the, the whole real food diet comes in. So if you're having a bunch of coconut oil and you know shakes and stuff and no real food, then it can be a problem. But real food in context can help to mitigate this. Now it could be that ketones are so inherently anti-inflammatory because how they affect the epigenetics and the gene signaling, that maybe it's a mute point that even though you're getting endotoxin coming in, maybe the ketones are so anti-inflammatory that it kind of is a wash that's yet to be sussed out. But just to understand, like Deanna was saying, though too much liquid fat can create this challenge, okay? And there's a lot of research on this. You know, if we look at um, 
tons. I'm just we're not going to talk about any of these. Like I said, you get, you get these slides. Tons of articles. Metabolic endotoxemia and type two diabetes. Metabolic endotoxemia and heart disease. Uh, leaky gut and obesity. On and on and on. Uh, I talk about it a lot in the book. Benefit that effect if you want more. So um, this gentleman, real quick as we finish up here, this gentleman lipping's out. He's not a keto person per se, um, but he recommends he, he studied humans with obesity and found that they have high blood levels of endotoxin and altered gut bacteria. And he's given them a, a real whole food diet and shown a reduction in blood endotoxin, reduction in fat mass, improvement in blood sugar regulation. So um, that was kind of, you know, when the whole uh, carnivorous diet thing came on, you know, I, I, that's what I like to encourage people about, you know, that you need those polyphenols. Okay, I know that not all plants are good, but having, sprinkling in garlic and rosemary and curcumin, you know, can help you uh, in this regard. And last point here that I want to make that I think is really kind of under-recognized, and this is a, another spin on the elevated blood levels of LDL cholesterol. So it turns out that our lipoprotein particles like VLDL, remnant lipoprotein, and LDL neutralize endotoxin, okay? So that could be a function, and that could be why when we see in clinical studies, if you just reduce LDL with a statin, you don't see an improvement in mortality or a reduction in mortality. So LDL, don't be scared of it. If it's rising, it could be partly from this, and also, as Dave mentioned, trafficking of lipids. Uh, last thing. Last, last thing here, guys. When you sit down to eat tonight, try to be more like this sloth. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of research on, on eating rates and how quickly we eat, okay? So, um, you know, who's seen the cupcake shop on the fifth floor? Okay, I, I, I would love to see a clinical study where someone just takes a cupcake and slams it down and we look at their blood levels. Or someone sits down puts the dressing on the cupcake, salivates, activates the systolic phase of digestion, gets really fired up. I bet you the postprandial blood sugar rise would not be as high once you do that with a cupcake. Who would maybe agree with that? Potentially. Right? And so that's the, the, the idea. You know, we see people eating in their car, eating on the subway. They're eating on Instagram. Uh, when you eat like this sloth and really take your time, and there's actually some studies that, that show this. I'm not just making this up. Researchers have actually quantified around 42 bites per swallow. And again, don't get a calculator out. Don't, don't start counting. Just, just what I stress is eat with your friends, your family, the people you care about. Put down your fork after you take a bite. Okay? So again, it's not just macros. There's so many other lifestyle factors. Hopefully we share with you a few of them. Today, eating rate is important. Expose your retinas to sunlight. Uh, your gut is important. Don't uh, eat ice cream and binge watch scary movies. It will affect your insulin per this recent study. Uh, and let's see, that's it. So uh, we're very grateful that you are still here, that you're watching and so forth. If you want these slides, we put them for free, courses.highintensityhealth.com. We have a lot of courses there. Uh, we're pretty active on YouTube at High Intensity Health. And then Deanna's thing right here, I don't know why it's Real Food Lab. I swear it was there, Deanna, I swear. Sure. No, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's uh, Instagram.com forward slash Real Food Lab. And uh, we'll take some questions later in the day. So, Jimmy, thank you. Mike and Deanna Muscle. Uh, living La Vida Local. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet. Trying to get you feeling right. Cut up them avocados. Fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast. Hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey, the Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! Disc of Light.